Warning, this podcast contains mature situations, adult language, ultraviolence, gore, alien creators, bite your weapons! Solenoids, mega smashers, and bio-boosting armor. Listener discretion is advised. Store. 
So it's a little bit old, but it still looks really cool and it's kind of retro, which is nice. Originally came out in 1985 and it's still coming out. There are 27 volumes and it is an action adventure science fiction series. There's been a, two animes, one is an OVA and the other one is actually a 12 anime series. And the, well, actually it's the 12 anime series, the OVA, the two live action movies, and of course, I can't forget the new series which came out, which I bought for like $9.99 at Best Buy when they were having that huge 50% off sale. But again, getting off topic. Now, for those you don't know, Biobooster Armor Guyver, or just Guyver, we'll just call it Guyver, is a pretty cool and kind of unique series for what it is, because it is a sort of a, uh, what is it, um, uh, I want to say fighting series, but not really. It's more of a, well, like a masked hero series, like Ryder Kamen or Tokusatsu, that's it. It's more of a Tokusatsu series. I know that I kind of was rambling, but I'm just trying to get everything in my mind together. But it's very Tokusatsu-esque, where you have one character fighting against an evil conglomerate or group, and he's going to fight to save the day, and so on and so forth. But getting a little help of myself. Well, the guy ever opens up, the first volume, opens up with a guy who's hitchhiking. And this guy looks pretty scuzzy. I mean, he looks like he was selling crack at one point. And what happens is that he's sitting there in the car getting his right. He's clutching this bag like it's the world to him, like it's the most important thing in his life. And the guy who's driving the car says, hey buddy, can I take a look at the bag? And he's like, don't even try touching it. And so the guy who's driving does this suitable and right thing to do. He stops the car, elbows the guy in the head, and throws him out of the car to look inside this bag to see if there's money or drugs or something in it. And as he's looking into this bag, he sees these three weird devices. He's like, what the fuck are these things? And as he's looking away, he doesn't notice that behind him, a giant monster appears and, well, kills him. Kind of messed up and screwed up. And this introduces our, well, main character, because it shows the next day in the school. And this is our main character, Sho Fukamachi. Now, Sho is this second-year student at Narisawa High School, and he's, well, his best friend is head of the geek club, and he's in love with his best friend's younger sister, whose name is Mizuki. And shows enamored with her, and he loves her. And it kind of sucks because she apparently is in love with the student council president, this guy named Akira Makishima. And he's kind of a little depressed about it because he's like, ah, oh, she's never going to like me, so on and so forth. Meanwhile, as student council meeting is going on and they're talking a van passes the school and this van is filled with a bunch of goons who are wearing these weird generic well costumes and what happens is they're looking for an escape test subject because they take the escape test subject was reported in the area last night and we have to recover the units he stole so shadowy corporation searching for units we can assume that these are the things that that guy disappeared yesterday, the day before, turned into a monster, is what they're looking for. So they're running, 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 and this is where it gets weird. You see, he goes back to the scuzzy guy, and he's in the woods, and he's pretty much bleeding, and he's hurt, and he's like, I'm not going to let these bastards get this stuff. So he pulls out this bomb, and he's setting it, and then the shock troopers, or we can call them the putty patrol, or even the minions of whatever evil conglomerate, has appeared and they're going to attack the scuzzy guy. 
So what happens is we finally found you. And, well, the scuzzy guy's like, you minions of Kronos, you, will, you won't get these. I'm going to make you pay for what you did to me. And suddenly he hulks out and turns into the monster from before. And oh, it's really grotesque monster that's creepy and he's all big and muscular. And then, suddenly, one of the shock troopers takes off his helmet and he turns into a monster too. So suddenly there's two monsters fighting a giant kaiju battle. And they're just getting, well, it's a big fight. Then it goes back to the high school with Sho and his friend Tetsuro. Not Tetsuro, but Tetsuro, who's the chubby boy who is the best friend of Sho. And they're just wondering what they're going to do because Sho's depressed because Mizuki said, I'm going to go hang out with Mikishima-san and I'm going to do things, probably give him a blowjob or something we don't know. Well, she's too innocent, so she's probably just going to talk to him and flirt with him and go hee-hee-hee. Either way. So Sho and Tetsuro leave school and they end up walking through the woods because it's a shortcut home. And as they're walking, they hear a big explosion. The bomb that the scuzzy guy had on them apparently blew up and separated the three devices which were in the bag with them. And the shock troopers are looking, where the, where the hell are the devices? Where are they? And they find one of the devices and it has a big crack in it. It's so like, okay, we gotta find the rest of the units because they have to be found at all costs or else the president is gonna flip out at us. So it's not established that Kronos isn't a person, it's a corporation. And so what happens is that Tetsuro and Sho see this device fly through the air and land right by them. And they look at it, and it's perfectly fine. It's this weird, well, triangular device. It looks kind of like a landmine with a circle on the top of it. And what happens is, as opposed to seeing this strange device that lands on the ground and that has these weird fleshy parts on it, as opposed to running away and going, oh god, it's a landmine, they go, we're going to fuck with it and poke it with a stick. Which is the correct thing to do when you find a strange device which falls from the sky. You fuck around with it. You know... It's not like something could happen, like you get possessed by zombie viruses, or you get turned into a monster like in Slither, or you get hypnotized into killing the world, or you release some hideous monster which will ruin and destroy things. No, they fuck with it. And what happens is that Sho accidentally activates this device, and suddenly the thing explodes and starts wrapping around Sho, this weird fleshy tendril stuff of apparently seems to ooze over him and goes into every orifice of his body, almost raping him in a very grotesque way, well, meanwhile making this very strange shape around him. It's really, well, I want to say insectoid, but it's not even insectoid. It's very unusual. I mean, there's a big fin on the top of the head, and there are these spikes on where the elbows are, and there's all these little joints and muscles, and these weird, I want to say like gas mask filter protrusions on the face. But either way, Sho's freaking out, Tetsuo's freaking out, and this weird creature who's taken over Sho proceeds to jump in and fall back and fall into a lake. That's behind them because that's where they found the bomb, by a lake. But that's again neither here nor there, and Sho is disappeared, and Tetsuo's wondering, oh god, Sho, you're killed! What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I? And then he's freaking out, and he turns around, and there's a big fucking monster behind him. The shock trooper, apparently, because he got injured by a scuzzy guy, he can't turn back into a human, and since these guys don't want anyone to know about their weird grand scheme, and Tetsuo just saw him, Tetsuo's gonna die. So they proceed to go and kill him, and suddenly, behind him, 
the thing from the lake appears. This creature, and it's the one from before, and very unique style armor. It's very cool with these weird circles all over the place. There's four circles on the forehead and one on the side. It's hard to describe because you have to see it, but it's very recognizable. If you just look up Guyver online, you can check out the armor because it is pretty cool. And as he's just staying there, you just see him looking at the goons and this air gets shot out of the pressures on the sides of his face. And the shock trooper's like, what the hell is that? I don't know, but whoever it is, we're gonna kill him. So, shock trooper monster, whose name is Gregory, runs up to try and kill the armored figure, who is obviously Sho, and Sho proceeds to snap its arms directly in front of him, and then grabs Gregory's head and crushes it in a very gory fashion. And immediately after seeing their great leader get his ass kicked, the shock troops look at this being and say, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. And they run the fuck away. And Tetsuo starts, says, looks at this thing, he's like, what the fuck is this? I'm gonna go away too. As he starts to run away, he hears his name. He's like, Tetsuo. He looks, show, is that you? And show's like, what the fuck just happened? Did I do all this? And as they look, the shock trooper guy, who Gregory, he's turning into dust. He's like disintegrating in front of him. And Tetsuo's like, what the fuck's going on? And Shiro's like, what? I feel really weird. And he looks down, he sees he sees the armor on him, and he looks and he, he sees his reflection in the water, and he's like, what happened to me? This is this is this is gonna happen. No, no, I can't be a monster, no! And as he says no, suddenly the armor disappears. He just completely takes apart and just disintegrates and just disappears. He's wondering, what the, what the fuck's going on? So, as, as it goes on to there, we learn officially what Kronos is. Kronos is this multinational corporation who is basically trying to take over the world with their creation, which is known as the Zoanoid. That was what Gregory was. They're these bio weapons, which could have been mistaken as werewolves or minotaurs back in the day, because they've been around forever. Apparently, according to the well, spoilers, these beings who are known as the agents appeared way before humanity was ready, and they decided to use humanity as a template for their experiments. And most of them were just experimented upon to make them faster, make them stronger, give them biological weapons like bio-lasers, things like that. And after they experimented for a while, they disappeared and left. And after they left, well, the remnants were found by Kronos, and Kronos decided, we're going to use this technology to take over the world. And that's what they've been slowly doing. They've been slowly inserting people throughout the world as splinter cells, almost as these terrorists who are hidden among society, they have their jobs, and when it, in a moment's notice, they'll turn to their zoonoid form and the world will be taken over one, two, three. Kind of creepy. That is their goal in life. And what happens is that even though they have the zoonoids, which are super powerful beings, they want this device called the Giver, and they realize, okay, that thing you fought in the swamp, that was the Giver. That was one of the units. We have to find the other two. We have to find where the other one went. There were three units. One disappeared, 
One we know Sho has, and then the third one they were able to find, and that's the one with the crack in it. Then what happens is, as they're wondering what's going on, one of the presidents, who he looks kind of like, well, generic Japanese businessman, Mr. Lister, starts fucking around with the second unit, and suddenly he gets covered with the second unit. So, two of the units are done. So either way, back to show. Show is really depressed and just kind of sad because he's taking a couple days off school, and Mizuki's wondering, is show okay? What's going on with him? Is he just depressed? Is he sad? I just, I hope he's alright. I really am worried about him. And Show's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, don't worry about it. Let me, let me talk to your brother, we'll be fine. And as she leaves, Show's like, uh, I feel a lot better, but I got a problem, Tetsuo. I got a really big problem. I don't know what the hell happened yesterday, but besides that, I got these growths on my back. And he flips around, he sees these weird tumor-like growths on his back. Two of them right on the shoulders of his, on his shoulder blades. There's these two bumps, which look kind of gross, like, you know, tumor growths. And they don't know what's going on. It's like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what these are, but the thing is, last night they were really big. Now they're a lot smaller. And you think the slime thing made these? They don't really know what's going on. It's like, maybe I should see a doctor. And Tetsu's like, this wouldn't happen if we hadn't gone through the swamp, and that was my idea. I'm sorry, my bad. So they're discussing what's going to go on and what's going to happen. And as they go to school, they're wondering, well, we don't know what's going on. Apparently... These Kronos guys, they're these soldiers, they, we don't know what's going on, they might be trying to get a hold of us in that monster. It might be some sort of biological weapon, which is, well, whatever it was, doesn't matter. But the thing is, we know that that thing which was on you show made you super strong, super powerful, super fast. And as they're chilling out at school, and they're about to go home, Tetsuo, he's talking to one of his friends, and these two guys show up and say, uh, hey, buddy, we need to talk to you for a second, we're police, and we want to talk to you in regards to an explosion that happened in the forest yesterday. We just want to know what's going on, and Tetsuo's like, oh, um, okay, no problem. And as he follows these two guys, they take him to an abandoned building, and it's filled with Kronos goons. <laughs> like, oh god. So they proceed to try and torture him into telling the truth of what's going on. And as they're trying to torture him, Sho saw this and followed them. They capture Sho, by saying, tell us where the device is and we won't kill you. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It went in the lake. He's like, well, we checked in the lake. Vamor, kill, kill Tetsuo's friend. So, goes to kill Tetsuo's friend. And they're pestering Tetsuo, saying, where is it? Where is the guy? Gyra unit. And Tetsuo is just like, I don't know where it is. And Sho suddenly, his brain finally realizes the unit, the device is the Gyra unit. So he screams out, Gyver! And suddenly the armor appears, wraps around and proceeds to kick the shit out of the Kronos guys. And as he's fighting, attacking his bones for attacking him, the one guy, Vaymore, is like, I'm not like Gregory, I'm a better version of the Zoro. His shoulder opens up with this weird, really gross. It looks almost like a pore. Or an It's like a pore on his shoulder. And he shoots out a laser beam. Really kind of cool. 
tries to shoot the guy with a shell, moves to the right, dodges it, and then suddenly as he's thinking about it, he suddenly goes to his chest with these two chest plates. is the fact that Kronos is trying to get back the Gyra unit from Sho and they're trying to gonna send a bunch of bad guys after Sho in order to take it back for themselves and take over the universe so on and so forth and Sho's gonna fight them back one at a time now generally in most tokusatsu series that'll happen for the entire series and at the end it'll be a big battle this really doesn't happen in the Gyra series really what happens is that this lasts for maybe I don't know half of the first book and then it gets more interesting where you get introduced to some of the other characters and you find out more about Kronos and more about exactly what's going on with the Giver units. Now I'm not going to spoil the rest of it because I, I revealed two of the three Givers that are around and there's so many more characters that are introduced including one character who's a Zoonoid who's different and there are various types of Zoonoids it's not just they all look exactly the same they're all different characters with different abilities and they're all trying to get the Giver. And the series is pretty cool for an 80s series. Now, only complaints are, one, this is a left-to-right manga, because it was from, or at least back in the 90s. So a lot of the terminology is a little odd and weird, like the first chapter is called Awesome, and a little bit, well, risky. <laughs> series is designed very well. It's got this very nice and, well, kind of gory style, but it works especially for what the series is and some of the scenery, like when the Zoonoids actually change, it's done very well. It's not just one frame there's a character there, another frame there's, there's the Zoonoid. No, no, no. It shows the character stand there. Then you see the clothes start to rip. Then you see each body part contort and change. And it lasts like six panels, so that's pretty well done. Story isn't bad. When I watched the anime series, it went more into it, and it really got you into a lot of what was going on. Unfortunately, the anime series, the new one, covers only until volume six. There's a lot more going on after that, and it's a pretty good read. Not gonna lie. The best thing about the series is actually the Giver units themselves, because they're essentially these symbiotic beings which enhance the capabilities of its host. But, as you can guess, even though Show is not the strongest out of all the Givers, he's the most capable and he's the coolest. And the best thing are the abilities of the Givers, it's not just, it's just a super armor. No, 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 they have all these different abilities. Like, the first one is that he has the Mega Smasher, which are the particle cannons that are in the chest armor. And it's pretty fucking cool. Next you have the head beam, which is this little beam which is mounted in the control metal at the core of the Giver's head, which is actually the only weak point the Giver has. You also have those blades which I said were at the elbows. Those are high frequency blades which are able to cut through any existence like also known as like vibro blades or sonic blades. They're pretty cool. 
you have this orb that's at the waist, which is a gravity controlling orb, which it can allow the divers to fly and defy gravity, and the other thing it's able to do is create this kind of gravity cannon. Like it's, you can use a compressed thing of gravity and shoot beings with it. It's pretty cool. It's only used like one time. The other thing is that they have these two orbs on either side of the head, and this allows a diver to be able to kind of have extra sense capabilities. Like they could sense where someone's attacking them, or they can just have heightened abilities. And, well, the last thing really is the control metal, which I was talking about, which is the weak point. And that's this device, which, that was the thing that Cho pushed originally to turn, open the Giver. And what this thing does is it actually controls the Giver, the symbiote that's within it. Because what happens is without that control metal, the Giver will actually consume the host. Because it is a parasitic item. What happens is as long as the control metal is intact, say if, well, later on, spoiler alert, Sho gets killed. They defeat Sho in the first volume and remove the control metal from his forehead and take it back to Kronos to defeat the bad guy, to, to create another Giver, try and clone it and figure out what's going on. What happens is as long as the control metal is intact, it actually saves the genetic structure and memories of the host. So pretty much it can regenerate you. It's pretty cool. It's like a, it's like a save game. Now, remember before I said there were these two growths on the back of show? Now those are kind of like these transceivers, which allow the host to call the Giver whenever he's needed. And whenever the armor isn't needed, it's kind of in a sub-dimension where it just hangs out until he needs it. So it's pretty cool. There's other ways to defeat the Givers. Like some of the Zonoids have these acids which dissolve the armor and then there's some characters who later on actually have enough strength to defeat a Giver and the Giver also is kind of sentient because remember in the beginning he kind of just without his thinking he ended up killing Gregory without even realizing it it's kind of a self-preservation mode where if the host is unconscious the Giver will act instead and save the day there's more to it mythology going on, like when the first Giver was created at the dawn of time, but we're not going to get into that because, again, spoiler territory. The series is pretty cool. And it's a very well done series, and it's going on. So it is a prolific series. Now, art style, kind of old school, but worth reading. If you're a sci-fi fan who likes Tokusatsu series, or if you like hard shonen series, with an adventure and a story and the possibility of the good guy not winning, this is the series for you. I have to give Biobooster Giver a borrow from a friend and don't return less off her pocky. It's really good. It's really fun and it's just really enjoyable and the fact it's an old school manga makes it even better. So, guess that's it. There's not much else I can really talk about or do, is there? No. So, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email me at spirekin at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on iTunes or http colon slash slash spirekin.podbean.com, our website, which has our older episodes and our show notes. You can also contact me on Twitter under Spirekin, or you can leave me a message on Xbox Live on Zanspace Spirekin.
Also, there is the voicemail, 206-426-6665. That, again, is 206-426-MONK. And I believe that is all. So, without further ado, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for. And what am I speaking about? I'm talking about the one, the only, the Wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, a Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. What is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on it. And what I've done is I've assigned a title to each of the ten slots of the manga. Well, ten slots. So, what happens is I'm going to spin the wheel and whatever number that ends on the reviewing for the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. So, let's see what we're reviewing for the next episode. Number four. And number four is going to be Air Gears. So, episode 83, I'm going to be reviewing Air Gears and hopefully I'll be able to use mic again because, frankly, I getting kind of annoyed recording on the iPod. I mean, I love my iPod. I love listening to it work, but I don't think it should be a recording device. Either way, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And without further ado, I'm your host, Zan, and as usual, I am Zan.